Well, the Marvel Cinematic Universe may have peaked a few years ago, but for a fun summer Friday show, we are going to compare each Zag on the roster to a Marvel character, and the results might surprise you. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on y'all welcome to the locked on zags podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i am your host and longtime gonzaga podcaster andy Patton, here to give you news and updates and fun things on all things zag athletics it is a news free friday folks those of you who have been with the show a lot this last week know that we have been hammering the transfer portal we've been talking about paul mulcahy who goes to washington joe toussaint who went to Texas Tech. We talked about Jeremiah Williams, who the Zags have targeted. We talked about Jose Perez coming out of West Virginia. It has been all about what guard or guards can Gonzaga find in the transfer portal to potentially replace the loss of Malachi Smith to help potentially round out the roster and at least the rotation for next season. But we can't talk about that every single day here on the podcast. And it's Friday. It's July. It's the slow season for college basketball news, for Gonzaga news specifically. And so I thought we'd bring back a fun topic. Again, those of you who are everyday listeners, special shout out to all of you. You may know that we have talked about this in the past, in previous seasons. It is a common mailbag question comparing Gonzaga players to Marvel characters, Star Wars characters, Ted Lasso characters, whatever it may be. Uh, And for this year, we got another person who has asked if we could redo this conversation. And I kind of been sitting on it and waiting for the perfect time. And slow Friday here in July felt like the right time. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through every player on Gonzaga's roster at this point, compare them to a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm going to try to avoid significant spoilers. I'm not going to talk about any super new movies anyway. For people who don't want to hear any spoilers, might want to be careful with who we're talking about here, but for the most part, I'm going to try to avoid that. All right, let's get right into it. we got four to talk about here in the first segment, starting with Ryan Nembhard, Gonzaga's new point guard out of Creighton, and Ryan Nembhard is Spider-Man, and the comparisons here are fairly simple. Uh, He's going to draw comparisons to somebody from the past. I call it the Andrew Nembhard versus Andrew Garfield conversation here. Ryan Nembhard comes in with expectations based on somebody who previously played a similar role. It's not too different from Tom Holland taking the reins from Andrew Garfield and, of course, previously from Tobey Maguire to be the new Spider-Man. He's going to look like the other Spider-Man, like Andrew Nembhard, but he is also going to be different, not exactly the same person, not exactly the same player. So for me, that's where Ryan Nembhard falls in. He's most like Spider-Man. He's not Andrew Nembhard. He's not Andrew Garfield. But he is his own version, his own player. And I think, too, the the similar comparison would be like Disney and Sony and everybody fighting over Spider-Man. Is he going to be in the Marvel Universe? Is he going to be in the DC Universe? What are we going to do with Spider-Man? Sort of felt like the conversation we had this offseason when Ryan Nembhard surprisingly entered the transfer portal in the first place. And... Arizona and Gonzaga were the two schools vying for him. Is he going to be part of Gonzaga? Is he going to go where the other Spider-Mans have gone? Or in this case, the other Nembhard has gone? Is he going to go somewhere new, somewhere different? So you can see the comparisons there for Ryan Nembhard and Spider-Man. Next up, we have Nolan Hickman. 
Nolan Hickman, I struggled with a little bit. Ultimately, I decided he is like Falcon. Falcon, of course, played by Anthony Mackie. Sam, the uh, soldier who was uh, with Captain America in those movies, uh, also has the own TV show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I admittedly have not seen yet. But the main reason I went with Falcon is because I think Nolan Hickman thrives when he is more of a complementary role, more of a supporting role. A movie about Falcon probably isn't going to do great, but him being a supporting character, still an integral part of what the Avengers do, still an important part of what Captain America does in the Captain America movies, still valuable, but not necessarily the lead guy. And I think that's where the Nolan Hickman comparisons are most kind of suitable here, because Nolan Hickman is probably going to shift to a more off-ball role this year. He's not going to be the guy with the ball in his hands as often because the Zags, of course, brought in Ryan Nemhard. So Hickman's going to have to adjust to a more complementary role, more spot-up shooting, more secondary creation, less facilitating the offense, less getting the offense into those pick-and-roll sets. That's going to be more Ryan Nemhard's job. Hickman will be a little bit more in the background, and I think that's better for him, and I think it's better for Gonzaga, and I think it's probably better for the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Falcon is more in the background. So that's where that comparison comes from there. Next up, Steel Venters. Steel Venters to me is Hawkeye. Uh, and the comparisons there, the first one is very obvious. Sharpshooters, highly accurate, highly trained, highly skilled, highly professional at putting the ball or the arrow where they want it to go. Steel Venters is a very, very good three-point shooter. He has one skill that he's very, very good at, and that is the primary reason he is here on the Zags. It's the same situation with Hawkeye. He is highly trained, highly skilled at doing one thing, and that is why he is there. That is why he is with them. That is why he is in the battles. Also, for those of you who have watched the Hawkeye TV show, again, I don't want to give away too much on the TV show there. It's kind of a Christmas special show. Really enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Hawkeye talks about wanting to go home. That's the main point of the show is he just wants to go home. Steel Venters from the Washington area goes to Eastern Washington, has an opportunity to transfer to many other places, and he chose to stay home. He chose to go 30 minutes away from where he played previously at Eastern Washington, stays in the inland Northwest, goes to Gonzaga. So guy who's got one really good specialized skill and wants to go home, that's where the Hawkeye comparisons are going to come in for Steel Venters. Finally, here, before we move on to the second segment, we got Mr. Anton Watson. Anton Watson is the hammer himself, Thor, the powerful force that the team relies on. Someone who you're in a lot of trouble if he's not there. You need him. He can do a little bit of everything. He is the most menacing person for the opposing team to have to deal with. Thor is definitely the case for that in the Avengers. Anton Watson, very clearly the case for that at Gonzaga as well. He is the player that most teams do not want to have to deal with. He's tough. He's physical. He's really, really good on defense. Now he's starting to stretch the floor a little bit, has a bit more of an outside game. I think he's going to be really hard for opposing teams to handle. I also think with Anton Watson, what we saw him do is learn how to be more of a complimentary piece. Drew Timmy was the, the, the face, the figurehead. The guy who did everything down low, Anton Watson, was less of a scorer, less of an offensive threat. In the first couple of years, he didn't really get the ball much at all. He just focused on being defense. Thor had to adjust to being not the man every minute of every day. 
and eventually learned how to make that adjustment, but then learned when given the opportunity to take over, he can do that. That's what we're hoping to see from Anton Watson next year. Maybe he's not, maybe he's learned how to play a bit of a complementary role, less of a, I am the face of the thing, but now he's going to be, he's the face of the team. He might be Gonzaga's leading scorer next year. Can he prove he's capable of doing that? That's what we're going to hopefully see from him next season. We've got still plenty of great Zags who have not been discussed, plenty of great Marvel characters who have not been discussed as well. We're going to come up to all of that and more right after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Zag fans, perhaps you want to make a bet regarding Marco Gonzalez and the Mariners or even Eli Morgan and the Cleveland Guardians. Either way, don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, folks, still Andy Patton here, still Locked On Zags. I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. We're going to come back with more Transfer Portal stuff next week. We're going to continue to keep you updated on the Zags in the Summer League, how Chet Holmgren's looking for Oklahoma City, Joe Eliai with Memphis. Malachi Smith and the Blazers are starting their Summer League season on Friday evening, as many of you are listening to this. Drew Timmy and the Milwaukee Bucks getting started as well. We're going to have all that coverage. Bonnie Ejim playing for Team Canada's Senior Women's National Team. Plenty of good stuff coming your way next week. But for now, we're going to continue our fun Friday conversation comparing Zags to characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to talk about some of the bigs right now. We touched on Anton Watson there in the first segment, but now we're going to take a look at the rest of Gonzaga's front court, starting with Graham Ike, who I have compared to Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange was very powerful in his own world. He was a doctor. He was successful. He had achieved what he wanted to achieve before he got hurt. He got injured. He was unable to do what he wanted to continue to do. And then in an effort to come back, he arrived somewhere new. He found himself in a new location, learning new things, learning how to adjust to a different world, a different atmosphere, while using these newfound powers for the greater good. That was Dr. Strange's story, and you can see the parallels with Graham Ike's story. Graham Ike was a dominant force at Wyoming. He averaged 19.5 points per game, 9.5 rebounds per game, one of the best players in the entire Mountain West, and then he gets hurt. And then he has to find himself. Is this where I still want to be? Do I want to change my circumstances? He enters the NCAA transfer portal. Gonzaga says, hey, we'd love to have you here. Help replace Drew Timmy. But you're not probably, they probably didn't tell him this, but you know, you're not necessarily going to be a guy who averages 20 and 10. You know, you're going to be teammates with Anton Watson. Ben Gregg is going to be in the mix, right? Now, you know, all these different pieces. And so for, for Ike, he's getting his power back. He's getting healthy, but he's now being asked to do something a little bit different. Again, the parallels between what Dr. Strange was, what was asked of Dr. Strange and what he ultimately ended up doing, pretty similar to the path that Graham E.K. is on, as similar as the path of a fictional movie character can be to an actual college basketball player. But you can see the parallels there for E.K. of, okay, I'm going to get healthy, and now I'm going to you know, still use the skills that I have, the power that I have, just in a different way in a new environment. Next up is Ben Gregg. 
Ben Gregg gets to be Iron Man. How fun is that for Ben Gregg? Tony Stark himself. Uh, confidence, borderline arrogance, not in a bad way for Ben Gregg. Swagger. These are things that Ben Gregg has had since he arrived on campus. He arrived as a high schooler. He was a second semester of his senior year of high school. He graduates early instead of doing it, goes to Gonzaga, doesn't play much, but gets that opportunity. But he showed up. He got the nickname Ox God right out of the shoots because he was the one controlling the music at practices in the weight room. Ben Gregg came in and said, I want to be a part of this and I'm going to show you exactly who I am. I'm going to be myself, my goofy self, my confident self, all of that. That's who Ben Gregg is. And now he has been tasked with doing everything he can to help this team win. Ben Gregg does the dirty work. He dives for loose balls. He plays tenacious defense. He is the workhorse, the guy who will sacrifice everything to help the team win. And that is why Ben Gregg gets to be Iron Man in this situation. Next up, kind of building off of the, if Ben Gregg is Iron Man, then we can kind of make some other moves out of that. This one, I felt a little bit bad about this one, admittedly, but Caden Perry is War Machine. Don Cheadle's character, Rhodey, in the Iron Man movies, of course, also in the Marvel, in the Avengers movies as well. Caden uh, Perry showed up at the same time as Iron Man, as Ben Gregg. They both showed up in the same class. Iron Man and War Machine, of course, started together in the same movie, admittedly. A different actor played War Machine in the first Iron Man movie was Terrence Howard. He didn't come back. Don Cheadle replaced him. That didn't happen with Caden Perry here, but the two guys came in at the same time. One of them is the flashier one, the more charismatic one, at least from what we've seen. The one who plays more, who is more visible, more screen time for Ben Gregg and for Iron Man in that case. Unfortunately, a part of War Machine's story is also a part of Caden Perry's story. War Machine got hurt. That was a big part of the character that Don Cheadle played, was getting injured. It's a big part of Caden Perry's story as well. When they're on, they have a similar power. War Machine has been has the same machines as Iron Man. He has the same suit, the same armor, the same skills, highly trained military person. When those two guys are both at 100%, they are very, very, very powerful. But War Machine is rarely at 100%. That's where the comparison, unfortunately, comes in between Ben Gregg and Iron Man and Caden Perry and War Machine. I don't know if Caden Perry and Ben Gregg were exactly the same amount of healthy throughout their careers if Caden Perry would have overtaken Ben Gregg. My gut says no, because I think Ben Gregg is a little bit more polished, and I think he has a, a skill set that's really valuable with the stretch stretch shooting. Caden Perry, of course, has some rim protection skills in his bag that if we see him fully healthy and he can bring those out, he could be very valuable as soon as this year. Talked about that on a recent episode. But I think for the most part, they're two guys who came in at the same time, who have a similar, are, are similarly skilled. They have different skill sets, but are similarly skilled. And one of them just hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's been the unfortunate story. And finally, rounding out the front court for the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Braden Huff. Braden Huff is Vision. Paul Bettany's character, of course, in the Marvel movies, also in the uh, WandaVision TV show, which I also have not watched, in the same mold as Iron Man. Braden Huff is in the same mold as Ben Gregg. They are similar players. They have similar bios coming out of high school. They're stretch fours. They're valuable six foot nine, six foot ten guys who can shoot threes, who can handle the ball a little bit, who force defenses away from the rim. Similar skill sets. Vision is basically is built out of Tony's imagination. Tony built Vision is effectively what happened in the Marvel movies. So you can see Ben Gregg, Braden, Braden Huff, somewhat similar. One was here before the other one, kind of 
didn't create the other one necessarily, but they are of the same ilk. And then I think for, for Braden Huff, for Vision, we never really got to see the full power. It was always kind of hidden. Vision was tucked away for a majority of the Infinity War movie so that Thanos wouldn't find him. Meanwhile, Braden Huff was tucked away for his entire first season because of the NCAA's rules. Does that mean the NCAA is Thanos? Well, we could maybe run with that a little bit if we have some more time. But for the most part, the comparison there is that we know Vision is powerful and we know that he has similar skills to Iron Man because he was built by Iron Man, uh, but we don't get to see very much of that. That's pretty much the same story for Braden Huff. We know he has skill sets similar to Ben Gregg, or at least that's what we've been told. That's what the scouting reports say. That's the glimpses we've seen from him. We don't really get to see him. He's not unleashed. That will change this year. And perhaps this comparison won't make sense next year. But for now, that's what we're rolling with with Braden Huff. Well, two more of Gonzaga's most mysterious players have yet to be christened with Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. And who would Mark Fugfeet be in this universe? All of that coming up right after this. All right, folks, segment three here. Happy Friday again, rounding out the week with a goofy show here at Locked on Zags, comparing all of Gonzaga's players, two characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Fun little mailbag idea that we've had kind of crop up a few times and decided to finally roll with it here for a full episode as we are in July and the slower months for the college basketball news cycle. Four more that I want to talk about here, starting with the freshman, the newcomer, Dusty Stromer, And of course, perhaps the most popular Marvel character who I have not mentioned yet in this podcast, Dusty Stromer's Captain America. And nobody will ever be a better Captain America representative than Corey Kispert during his time in a Gonzaga uniform. And this is the first time I did this podcast theme was back when my show was called Score Zag Score, back when Corey Kispert was with the Zags. And yeah, he was Captain America. And it was pretty obvious why he's got the look. He's the do-it-all everyday man. He's kind of got the skill set. Totally made sense for... Corey Kispert to be Captain America. For this year's team, though, we're going with Dusty Stromer, and we're going with early first movie Captain America. First movie Captain America, when Stanley Tucci was a character, when he was a soldier uh, in Germany, that Captain America. Because if you remember, Steve Rogers at that time was a little skinny kid. This too small to do it, baby-faced, had the tenacity, had the desire, had the was fearless but didn't have the strength. Now, I, we haven't seen Dusty Stromer yet. I'm not trying to imply that he's not big enough or strong enough to play Division I college basketball. That is not true at all. But he is a freshman, and he has the confidence, the fearlessness, the swagger of somebody who he's not afraid of anybody. You can see just watching his high school tape going up against Bronny James didn't concern him one bit, beat Bronny every single time that he played him. Dusty Stromer may be young. He may have a bit of a baby face because he is a baby. He's a young kid, but he is not afraid. And that is where the comparison to Captain America comes in. Is Dusty Stromer going to fill out in his body, become a absolute wrecking ball in year one? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We've seen freshmen dominate at Gonzaga. He's not the highest rated freshman they've ever had, but he's not one of the lowest either. He's a pretty highly regarded prospect. If Gonzaga doesn't fill one of those roster spots with somebody like Jose Perez or Jeremiah Williams or Noah Williams or whomever else they may be looking at, Stromer's going to have a bigger role next year. And he may step into it in a, in a way that kind of makes him look like Captain America or in, in a way that is, is unexpected because 
uh, you know, we're kind of thinking uh, he's going to be brought along a little bit slowly. Maybe it's sophomore year when he really breaks out, that kind of thing. And maybe that's still the case. But Dusty might get a chance in year one. Either way, he does not look like somebody who is afraid of the challenge. And I think that if he were to grow and mature and develop and, and get better at his game, he's somebody who could be a really big piece for Gonzaga in the not too distant future. Next up, final individual player we are going to talk about today is Jun Sak-yo, the South Korean sensation who joined the Zags last season in the middle of the year at the start of the second semester. He did not play last year. He is expected to play this year. And Jun Sak-yo gets the comparison to Ant-Man. Basically, the reasoning is simple. Ant-Man showed up out of nowhere. He all of a sudden showed up. He'd been hidden away for five years. He shows up. He runs around. He starts telling everybody that he thinks he can change the entire conversation. He can change everything. Shows up out of nowhere. He can change everything. And his skills, his powers, really vague, really undetermined. The rest of the team, they don't know what he has. He can get really big. Wait, he can get really small. He can time travel. He has all of these skills. He shows up out of nowhere and he comes in to save the day. Can Jun Sakyo be that guy? Can he be that Ant-Man? Can he be the player who joins with little fanfare? The college basketball world didn't explode in a news cycle when the Zags added Jun Sakyo. It was it barely made headlines because it was a weird mid-season addition. He wasn't somebody ranked super highly by 24-7 sports or on three or anybody like that because they don't rank international prospects, especially 21-year-olds. So it was met with little fanfare. But it could be a critical move for Gonzaga. Just like Amp, you know, Scotty Lang showing up out of nowhere, running in and, and you know, blabbing about, hey, I think we can figure this out. I think we can fix this. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. He did. He fixed it. He saved the world. Can Yo save Gonzaga? Do they need saving? That's a question for another time, perhaps. But if Yo is that guy, if he can play anywhere close to All-American Rui Hachimura levels, even as, I mean, especially in his first year, if he could do that, and that would save this team in a tremendous way. Allow Steel Venters to play more at the two. The guard depth that we're concerned about kind of dissipates a little bit if he's playing 30 minutes per game at the three. Uh, spaces the floor, really tenacious rebounder, gives Gonzaga more offensive weapons. Really valuable player that right now we just aren't quite sure what we have yet. We just don't quite know. And that's what it felt like with Ant-Man for large chunks of the Avengers movies. You knew what he was in the Ant-Man movies, but in the Avengers movies, he was a bit of a wild card. And that's kind of what I feel like yo is for Gonzaga until we see the season start. Next up, three more players on Gonzaga's roster, Colby Brooks, Abe Eagle, and Joe Few. The three walk-ons, they are the guardians of the galaxy. I gave them each individual ones, but the overall comparison of the guardians is pretty simple. They're just not there most of the time. And when they are there, it's kind of for comic relief. In the movie series for the walk-ons, it's not comic relief as much as it's, hey, it's time for us to kind of put this game to bed. We're, we're, it's a non-serious time in the game. Colby Brooks doesn't come into the game when it is a serious moment. He comes into the game when it's basically over. The Guardians are comedic relief. They obviously come in and save the day in the Avengers movies, and that's part of it. But I do think that for the most part, they're, they're separate. They're considered separate until they're together for brief periods of time. And that's where I think the comparison works here. Individually, Colby Brooks seems to be the leader of the walk-ons. He's the one who comes in first in the games. He's the one who I think has the most talent in terms of actual basketball playing skills. So he gets to be Star-Lord. He gets to be Chris Pratt's character there, Peter Quill. Abe Eagle, 
This is a, a lazy one. He's the bigger guy. He's like 6'9", I think. He's the tallest guy, the biggest guy. So he gets to be Drax in the Guardians characters. And then Joe Few is the goofier one and the smaller one. So he gets to be Rocket Raccoon there to round it out for all the players. And of course, Mark Few, for those of you who are waiting, this is a pre pretty obvious one. Doesn't need a lot of explanation. Mark Few is Nick Fury. Thankfully, he has both of his eyes, so he does not have to wear a patch the way that Nick Fury does. But the leader, uh, the guy who's kind of puts everybody together, puts the pieces together, helps save the world from behind the scenes. That is Mark Few. And of course, the Zags may not be done. The Zags may not be done adding players. We talked about Jose Perez. We talked about Jeremiah Williams potentially being options for Gonzaga. Who would that mean? Who's left? I would venture that if they did add a player in that Malachi Smith ilk, the Williamses of the world, as it were, or Jose Perez, who they recently connected to. That would probably be Hulk. Hulk's one of the most prominent characters we did not mention from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Hulk shines when necessary, when called upon, when asked to be the guy. He steps up and he becomes the guy. He's this, one of the most critical people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when he is called upon. But he's not always called upon. And when he's not, he's kind of behind the scenes. And that's where Malachi Smith was for Gonzaga. Sometimes he was their leading scorer. Sometimes he was the most critical player on the floor for entire halves for Gonzaga. And sometimes he just had quiet six points, two of four shooting. That was it. Somebody like Jose Perez would fill that role. Some games, they would be really, really valuable, critical, necessary. Some games, they might not even be there. Or they'd be very quiet. I could see Jose Perez or Jeremiah Williams, for that matter, fitting that role and being the Hulk of this team for next season. All right, that's going to wrap us up today on a fun, goofy Friday afternoon show of the Locked on Zags podcast. I want to thank all of you for making this show your first listen of the day. Thank all of you for listening to a fun episode like this one all the way through as well. It is very much appreciated. We're going to be back to our more normal routine next week, keeping you up to date on Summer League Zags, on Euro League Zags, on Canadian Zags, and of course on the transfer portal and any other changes that might be coming down the pipeline for Mark Few and the Bulldogs. Thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic weekend. And of course, as always, go Zags.